special episode of the choir room we're not here to talk just regular glee okay we're not here to talk about whether or not rachel's being a little bitch we're not here to talk about whether or not kurt and blaine are you know at the apex of the gay rights movement we're not here to rehash the ins and outs of quinn Fabray storylines but we are here to talk about an ancillary show a show that in a lot of ways is a bit of a companion to glee and that is the Glee Project, which is a competition reality series that premiered on Oxygen, of all places. I always question, why was it Oxygen? Maybe Oxygen was willing to pay less? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know. I mean, which is less expensive. I don't know. But it was a companion show uh, to Glee to look for the next best uh, McKinley High School student, I guess you could say, <laughs> uh, from America. And here, of course, to talk about it with me is Matt. How are you doing tonight? I am so good. This Glee Project show that you kids have been watching for all these years, or no, you weren't watching it for all these years, but that you kids watched back in the day. Where was I? I still don't know, but it was a very fun, enjoyable experience for me to finally get around to watching this show. And uh, I'm glad that we are here to talk about it. Uh, You know what? We're talking about Glee. It only made sense that this was going to come up. I might have been a little hesitant at first to talk about it because I hadn't seen it. But now that I've seen it and I've accepted it and uh, came around, come around on it, I'm just excited to give some takes. Yeah. So do you feel, do you feel better (laughs) after having watched it? Do you feel like your Glee experience is a little bit more full I do. And uh, yeah, no, I do. It's just, you know, just to come right out with it. Like it was just, this show was really never on my radar as much as I was a day one Glee fan, like there from the beginning, watching every episode with friends, like was there for the entire time. And and of course I knew that the Glee project project existed. I just don't know why specifically I didn't watch it. I think I'm looking at the release dates of the show. It came out pretty much exactly when I was working a lot. So I got my first job back in 2011 and it's a primarily summer focused job. I so like the this show came out in the summertime. So while the episodes were coming out like I was probably at work honestly and not thinking about like TV shows. I spent a lot of hours working uh those two summers. I was still in high school and then coming out of high school um, in the, in this time frame. So I was just, you know, spending, not spending, uh, saving up money. So that's what I was doing when the show was on. Good for you, Matt. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, well, yeah, it was a summer show. This show did premiere in June 2011. So it premiered shortly after the finale of season two which I would assume that it was probably filming alongside season two, if that were the case, because they had, they're going to be a lot of uh, guest uh, mentor, me- mentors. Oh my God, I like, mixed up mentor and stars at the same time. There's a lot of guest mentors on this show that were actual cast members of Glee. So they all make their appearances throughout um, the series, and which is going to, yeah, like as I said, it's going to premiere in June 2011, right after season two. And like I said, it pretty much served as an audition for the show. Uh, Ryan Murphy 
came to the realization that season three meant the end of a lot of the Glee Club's high school uh, careers. And therefore, you're going to need some new blood if you want to keep the show going after that. I guess this is like having the Glee Project air at this time was like uh, a confirmation that season four was definitely going to happen. Because if you're looking for new blood for replacements, then you're not going to really need a replacement until after they leave. So I guess we could all, you know, be and rejoice that this was going to mean the ultimate season four. Um, Yeah, not necessarily. I wouldn't say that necessarily. I mean, you would know, again, better than I would because you were watching at the time, but they only won a seven episode arc and that was for season three. So I don't know that I would have ever thought that it was it was, you know, a guarantee that these kids were going to stick around through season four. I mean, it's definitely not a guarantee, but a piece of me always thought that's kind of weird. Seven is a weird number. Like, I, I just feel like if if they like if they go if you because they're going to go on a countrywide search, they're going to hold op- open calls um, in a bunch of major cities across the U.S. And they're going to bring all of these kids to L.A. Um, I'm not even sure if it was the actual set of Glee. I think that it was. Uh, and you're going to have them spend all these weeks, if not like an entire month or so on this set and then you're only going to give them seven <laughs> seven episodes like what happens if you like them i don't know i just kind of always knew that there was a possibility that these characters were probably going to stay but mm-hmm. you're right i mean there really is no way of knowing but yeah it was uh i liked the show i did not watch season one uh, as it aired i caught on to the glee project after season two uh premiered so i caught the premiere of season two and went back and watched season one and i was so 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 pissed at myself because i of course i mean i wanted to be on glee what what high school musical theater nerd would not want a spot on glee i wanted a spot on glee so bad but then unfortunately after the glee project season two concluded they announced that the glee project would be canceled so it only got two seasons and i was one season too late or else my ass would have been on auditions and i'm just i regret it to this day it's like such a huge missed opportunity (laughs) But. Yeah, and they, they have a lot of talented kids in there. And, uh, you know, I, I've never seen you act. I've heard you sing. Um, I think you could have fit in with them. But it's just, you know, the thing that I was surprised the most about was that some of these kids, I was like, you went all around the country and, you know, a, like some of the kids that finished in the earlier elimination spots. I'm like, that's the best you could find. Like, I really don't mean to, like, you know, be so harsh on them. But, like, I feel like there had to have been better out there. I don't know. Yeah, there were definitely. I mean, even the the very the the one of the winners of the first season, admittedly, self admittedly, and even admittedly by many of the judges that he's not the best dancer, he's not the best singer, he's not the best actor, and yet somehow he still wound up on Glee. So he's got an accent, and uh, that's all it really took. Honestly, that's that's my takeaway that he it was truly just we can write a foreign exchange student into this show, and that's what we're gonna do. Exactly. So yeah, point taken that some of these kids didn't seem to be the most polished of performers but i honestly believe ryan murphy when he said that that's kind of what he was going for he didn't really want a bunch of people that had been in the business for however many years and that were super duper polished and had everything going for them and had been in classes and lessons and everything because truth be told not all of the glee cast members were like that like he kind of just plucked Chris Colfer out of nowhere. Chris Colfer, I mean, of course, that wasn't the first time that Chris Colfer had ever performed, but he was by no means, he wasn't like Leah Michelle. Leah Michelle had been on Broadway twice, if not more right. than that. So she was like, she was an industry child. Naya Rivera, kind of the same thing. Amber Riley, not so much. Amber Riley sort of got plucked out of nowhere. So I think that he was looking for that authenticity once again in all of these kids. And yeah, so that's the Glee Project. It's essentially a boot, it's a boot camp set up for a bunch of wannabes that want to be 
a part of the New Directions, and they bring them all out on over. And I guess we can get into the structure of the episode a little bit. Every episode starts off with a homework assignment, right? So they kind of make it a lot like high school. So the homework assignment is essentially going to relate to whatever the theme of the week is. So it's sort of like an episode of Glee as well. Um, in season one, uh, we have individuality is the first one. We have theatricality. We have vulnerability. We have danceability. We've got parability. We've got tenacity. We've got sexuality. We've got generosity, believability. And then the finale would be gleality. <laughs> so clearly there's a theme here. Clearly there's a, a lesson to be learned for each. And every uh, episode is going to start off with the homework assignment, which is going to be a performance. It's a group number. All of the kids that are part of the competition will get a chance to perform the number for a guest star. And it's different for each episode. I believe the first episode had Darren Chris. He was the individuality standard, I guess. And so whoever would win or impress Darren Chris the most, they would get some one-on-one -on -one coaching time with Darren Chris, and you would also get a featured spot in the second group number, which would be a music video. So they really got the entire Glee experience. They got to go to a music studio and work with Nikki Anders for vocal production. You got to work with Zach Woodley and get your choreography down, and then you would work with, oh, I forget the name of the, uh, of the videographer, the music video director, but he would he was in charge of all the music videos, and you would film all of those with him. Um, and then ultimately, at the end of all of that, you would have a callback session, and those that were safe and were moving on to the next round of the competition for the next week, they would get called back. There would be a bottom three. The bottom three would then have to have a last chance performance, which essentially was when they would actually bring in Ryan Murphy, which I'm sure was probably nerve fucking racking nerd like i would just shit bricks if i were had to, if i had to perform for ryan murphy you perform for ryan murphy and for, for robert ulrich and, and for um for zach woodley and out of that bottom three there's one final callback and the way that they produce it is kind of <laughs> very campy but i loved it at the time i i was i was so into it so the final callback essentially the three people that were in the bottom three are going to have to walk down the hallway and look at the callback list. One of their names is not going to be on it. That person is going to be eliminated for the competition. And before they leave, to get, they get to sing one last solo. And it's going to be a rendition of Keep Holding On as the rest of the uneliminated cast members sing and give them backup. And that's yeah, essentially so, an episode of the project. So that's my number one thing that I need to bring up coming into this. This is something that I tweeted about while I was watching. I could not believe that they took this perfect Glee song, <laughs> Keep Holding On, and they decided that they were going to end every episode. And it's not like they just took one time that they filmed this and threw it at the end. Every single time that somebody was eliminated, that one person that was eliminated would come to the front of the stage and sing Keep Holding On with everybody in the background doing the... Like uh, background, like like so ridiculous, and like it was cute the first time, and it was cute the second time, and it was kind of cute the third time. But then eventually, you're like, oh my god, they are ruining this song, like this perfect little Glee song that was but one of my of favorites. But some of them sound so good. They like sound good, and it's like you know they get to the part that everybody sings of the song that gets highlighted there's nothing you can say there's nothing you can do i'm not gonna butcher the song on air right now um but like they get to everybody sings the same song uh the same part of the song and it's it's cute uh like 
I just wish, I don't know, I just, it was like, I love this song and I feel like they're doing their best to turn it, turn me against it. Uh, it doesn't work because I still love the song, especially, you know, the Glee version of it. But yes, um, and I don't know if we set this up. Did we set up the prize and uh, what you win if you win the Glee project as we set up the format here? Yes. So once the competition gets whittled down, the eventual winner is going to get a seven episode arc on the following season of Glee, which would have been season three. Yes. So, so, and was the two episode arc something that was, uh, that, no, that wasn't already like written into the prize because, uh, the results of this, I mean, I, I don't think we're spoiling anybody. If, if you're here and not having, have, not having watched the Glee project, uh, and you want to watch it before you listen to us, feel free, come back. We won't be offended, but obviously this is a spoilery, uh, recap here for season one and only season one. I have not watched season two yet. I will be doing that soon and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Um, but for season one, we have our winners being, uh, Samuel Larson and Damien McGinnity, McGinnity, um, who are both McGinty. going to McGinty, McGinty, McGinnity, McGinty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Uh, nailed it. They are both going to end up on uh, season three of Glee as J- uh, Samuel is going to be Joe Hart on the show. And he comes in halfway through the season or so. And then Damien gets the role of Rory, who is uh, an Irish exchange student who comes in pretty early on. So the two of them are going to get these seven episode arcs. And I'm doing that in quotations because they're both going to end up getting more than just seven episodes, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, definitely Sam. Uh, Rory, I think it's just a little bit more than seven. Um, and then we have Lindsay Pierce and Alex Newell who end up coming in uh, with the runner-up spot, tied for tied for the runner-up here. And they both end up winning a two-episode arc on the show, which, of course, as you guys know, if you have watched the entire show, for Alex Newell turns into a whole lot more than two episodes. So um, nice that they... And I, I enjoyed that, that they ended up giving the two-episode arcs to those two because... The top four was all very deserving and very worthy of uh, being on the show, at least in one way or another. Yeah. So, I mean, we I guess we can just go ahead and go right into some of these contestants. Um, he already listed uh, the four people that obviously won a spot on Glee. But then we also have Hannah uh, McLawain. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. Cameron Mitchell, Marissa Von Blyken, Mateus Fernandez, McKinley Abraham, Emily Vasquez. Ellis Wiley and Bryce Ross Johnson. And of course, you know, barring any of the uh, four people that actually got a spot on Glee, were there any of these contestants that you particularly took a liking to or that you wanted to see could succeed, even though you knew they weren't going to succeed because obviously they don't end up on Glee? Well, so here's the thing. Um, I don't really remember much from the first four of these people that were eliminated. Like, I, I remember, like, looking to see what they sang. I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that. But they really didn't stand out, any of those first four out. McKinley, uh, come on. They put a person on the show named McKinley. That was, like, <laughs> how how ridiculous is that? Uh, like, her name is spelt, for anybody who uh, does not remember this, M-C-K-Y-N-L-E-I-G-H, McKinley. So that's the only thing I remember about her. The first four were kind of just, eh. Um, Mateus, I was annoyed by because he was just tiresome. And then you get to the people like Marissa, Cameron, like those, they were, they were obviously good. Marissa robbed as hell and we'll get into that. Yes. But Marissa was, was amazing and Cameron was good, but you know, I really didn't care about him as much as Ryan Murphy did in, in the slightest. So when you look at everybody that did not get the spot, I think the only person that I would stand up for here is really Marissa. Honestly, this show for me, now that I'm looking back on it, does not really do Ryan Murphy that many favors because you can clearly see the favoritism 
it's blatant that he takes a liking. He finds one uh, person that he likes, and then he's like, you know what? I want to see more from you. I want to see you do this. How about you try it this way? Oh, please. I know how to write for that. Let me write for that. How about you come back and do it this way? How about you take that off, put this on instead? Like, he literally will choose anybody that he likes, and they're untouchable. And we saw that so much with Cameron, yet you put him in the bottom three, like, freaking three times or four times in a row, but he somehow skates by each time, and the one time he does go home, it's by his own accord. It's like, if this is how you are reacting to, like, an audition series for Glee, I can only imagine the rumors that have been flying around about how you treat Lee and Michelle, and how those are probably all true. So I, I really feel like Ryan Murphy really did not do himself any favors here at all. Like Chris Colfer calls him his fairy godfather, and I and I can appreciate that you know that he has given a lot of these children because they're pretty much children at the time that they're on this show. So, well, some of them, some of them are not. He's given them so many opportunities and given them roles of lifetimes and you know money and fame and all this stuff. But he does have a tendency to play favorites and. Hey, if you're not, if you if you can't make, it's kind of like RuPaul's Drag Race. If you can't make Ru laugh, like you're going to be gone. <laughs> but and for Ryan Murphy, it's like if you can't convince him that you're special, then it's like you're you're dead on arrival. And I think mm-hmm. this series was like a clear example of that. And you know what? Like the fact that Ryan Murphy, like the way Ryan Murphy works, is he takes like the cute boys that he can put on his TV show, and like those mm-hmm. are like the ones that stand out to him. So Damien winning here is really not a surprise. Like the fact that Damien was not the strongest singer or the strongest actor, the only reason that we're or that I was saying that I, I figured that he got the spot on the show is because he had an Irish accent and he was, you know, he had a personality. That's not, you know, I'm not arguing that. So you can easily see that he was somebody you could connect to. But when you look at the stage and you have Alex Newell who comes out for his final performance in full drag and like shows them what he's willing to, you know, he's, he's, this is a character that you don't have on your show. He is willing to be fully himself and be, I mean, he presents it here as drag, but on the show it's, it's like, I think we'll we'll get more into it when we start to talk about Unique, whether, you know, what this uh, persona really is for Alex or for Unique as a character. Um, But like what he brings to the table and what Lindsay brings to the table is so much more than what Damien could have brought to the table. But Ryan Murphy and his little cute boys that that come onto the show, like I'm surprised Rory never ended up in like a shirtless scene. Like that's look at Sam, look at Finn. Like that's what Ryan Murphy does in his shows and gets away with it after all these years. I don't know, whatever. Um, Story for another day. (laughs) So the fact that Cameron was, you know, begging to go home and Ryan Murphy was like in his dressing room like I want you to stay we are rooting for you and I would like you to not yeah. go home if you want to go home it's fine but I don't want you to leave I'm like dude let him go yeah it's uh I think uh, I don't know maybe Cameron might have touched a bullet here I don't know I just feel like I just feel like uh Ryan has and I, I, I hate to like I'm not trying to like slander Ryan Murphy here but I honestly believe that there might be a bit of like a cultish behavior type deal when it comes to Ryan Murphy and some of his shows, which is why he recycles so many of the same actors. And it's like, why, like so many of them have not, like if you're in a Ryan Murphy show, like what else are you in? Right. You know Murphy what I mean? Shows. Unless, unless you are a guest star that has already uh, achieved fame on your own and you're, you end up in a Ryan Murphy show. If you're just like, if you originate in a Ryan Murphy show, I don't like, where else have you been? Like Thaisa Farmiga? Where, what else is she in? 
Nothing. Exactly. I mean, yeah, but and, and it's not just this show that the cute boys get, you know, priority, uh, at least from Damien or, you know, looking at Damien, look at every season of American Horror Story that ever exists. Uh, the fact that Gus Kentworthy got a spot on American Horror Story just because Ryan Murphy wanted to bring him on set and have him take his shirt off for uh, X amount of episodes. Like, that's truly how these shows work. Um, I mean, again, I, I don't mean to take away from Damien because Damien, I think, was worthy. Uh, he he did put in a good effort of, you know, all of his last chance performances, I think, were pretty good. I don't know that he was the best in every single one of them, but, you know, he put in effort, he created a character, and he leaned into the whole, you know, I, I'm the Irish guy, and he leaned into the cute little personality, the side of his personality that was, like, very boyish, where he could come in as this young transfer student as that was written for him, and Ryan felt like he could write something for him. That was the big thing, that he looked at Lindsay Pierce, and he was like, I don't know that I can write for you, I don't know who you are, I don't know what there is about you. And I take that, and I say, say you perfectly wrote for her when you created a mini Rachel Berry that was like an identical copy of her in a from a different world so like don't tell me that you can't create a character for Lindsay like that was it was already there you had it you did it and you could have easily done that for seven episodes that wasn't so hard to think of she had such a great voice and uh, there's no reason that you should have you know been willing to pass her up just for Damien I mean I don't know well I mean so let's talk about Lindsay a little bit because I obviously obviously she was edited as the villain. I think some of that is definitely, you know, reality TV magic. But I think that there was a lot of truth in that as well. She did seem to have a bit of an antagonistic um, standpoint when it comes to some of these other contestants. She made Ellis feel very uncomfortable with some of the many of those remarks about, oh, is this your first kiss? Like she had like a very like bratty sort of um, persona on the show and she even you know got called out a little by some of the i mean not even just by ryan murphy but also by nikki anders who is you know who am i considered to be one of the the i guess quote-unquote judges of this competition that's a little bit more i don't not, not as if zach woodley or robert are not kind but nikki just has more of like a she seems to be have more of a hands-on approach to some of the uh contestants because she did work with them closely in the studio and everything and even she got a little bit disillusioned by Lindsay at one point. I remember, I forget which episode it was, but it was towards the end where Alex Newell comes in to record the tracks, uh, the the, uh, the vocals for one of the tracks, and it requires him to go into a place that really reminds him of the death of his father, and it was really, really hard for him. And then you get Alex that comes out of that. He comes back and he talks to the other contestants, and he says, oh, you know what, I... It was really, really emotional, and I really didn't expect it to be like that. But I sort of just like went with it, and it was kind of, you know, it was kind of like cathartic, and I really worked through it, and I think like it delivered a really solid performance. Lindsay hears that, and then the next thing you know, Lindsay goes in there, and then she starts crying about how she misses home, and even Nikki is like, "You're forcing it. You're really. It's very inauthentic. You can tell that you." are trying to have a moment here and if you want me to think that you are having a moment because you want this to be authentic to me and it's it's not and i feel like lindsay is literally i feel like she's a lot like rachel berry which is why they cast her because she is sort of one of those people that will do anything to get to the top and i feel like when ryan murphy said i don't even know how to write for you it seems like it was like I already have this character. I, like, what else? Like, you need to show me something else because we already have a Rachel Berry. So, yeah. is there anything else under underneath all of this prim and proper? I have Broadway training persona. 
you know? And that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like the guys on Glee itself were so, you know, they, they, none of them have these eccentric personalities where you can put Samuel Larson or Damien on the show and say, like, we can write characters for them because all of the other Glee guys are all just as average. Uh, the Glee women, the Glee girls, all of like the Rachel Berries and Santana Lopez, Mercedes Jones, like they all have something to them. But I don't know what Lindsay could have really done to create a different character besides like, I mean, Rachel was the closest thing that I think matched her personality, matched her vocal abilities. So I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, maybe That's it's a just a point. lot to ask a 19 year old to come up with like an entirely new personality. He wanted her to be herself and show him who she was. And if the closest thing she was, was to Rachel Berry, I mean, I guess his point was just that he can't really recreate that because he already has a Rachel, but he was also saying at one point, I need the next Rachel because, you know, I need, I need to find the next Leah Michelle. And if that exists here, then, you know, who's to say that that's not the answer to this competition. I don't know. Um, so was, was Lindsay Pierce, not a, uh, not a fan favorite at the time. I do not believe so. People did not really take kindly to her. I mean, she, so she means, I mean, Samuel says it in one of the episodes, like when he gets paired up with, her, I think it was for the parability episode. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to do this because she causes a lot of strife. It causes a lot right. of stress with everybody here. And I think that the audience didn't respond well to her either. I certainly didn't because I, you know, being somebody that is, was very heavily involved in theater at the time. I am so used to those types of people that are just, they know that they're good. They're good and they know that they're good and they're not shy about it. And it's, you know, it's that fine, that fine line between cocky and confident and she really treads along it. Um, I, the one thing that I do appreciate, appreciate about Lindsay is sort of similar to what I appreciate about Rachel is that she is earnest and she is honest about it. It's not as if she's trying to be nice. She doesn't do that. She's just like, look, I know I know what I'm about. I don't think that some of these people are competition. I'm just being honest. I, I've had training. I've trained. I'm tra I've trained. I, I deserve this. I deserve all the things that are coming to me. I have this moment on the Glee Project. I'm not about to let anybody, you know, seize it from me. But I think in that, I just feel like she, I, I mean, I, I tend to agree with Ryan. I, although I do, I do take your point that it's like, if this is her personality, what can you do? You know, you're just basically, you're basically telling her that you don't like her. And it's like, well, then why would you put her on the show in the first place if you don't like her? But I guess maybe they were just trying to see if something else would come out of her through this experience. And when it didn't, they got disappointed. But at the same time, she's just so goddamn talented that you got to give her something at the end. So yeah, they gave so, her I mean, the fact that they gave her. They gave her harmony. They gave her, uh, you know, this character that was able to come in for two episodes. And from the one that we've, you know, we were, we recently watched, she killed the the number that they gave her. So obviously, you know, at least she got to showcase her talents, and it's led to, led her to uh, seemingly a pretty good career as she's now on Broadway. So, uh, you know, I think she is got to be happy with how things turned out. Same for Alex, the runner up here, who it was so interesting for me to see Alex on this show because. Of course, we know how things play out for him as he gets a huge role in the show and has gone on since then to do many good things, many appearances on other shows and whatnot, you know, including Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. That is a recent show that he has been on and just kind of like sharing himself with the world. And he's such a unique I didn't mean to do that. Uh, such a unique person. And everybody, I don't know that anybody has any bad things to say about Alex, but on this show, he was very much, it surprised me to see him like 
the way, like I think back to the episode where he decided that he was going to go easy that week because he was like, well, I can't just keep winning every week. I need to let other people showcase their talent. I was like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> what kind of attitude is that? And Ryan, you know, very obviously calls him out on that. And he's like, did I hear correctly that you were like throwing the competition this week because you wanted to let other people shine? He was like, why would you do that? And, you know, young Alex Newell, 18 years old, really didn't have a good answer. He was like, I don't know. It just kind of like, you know, obviously Alex was really feeling himself really high on his on his own, you know, supply and yeah. really thought that he was all that. So he was like, let me just show the world that I know I'm so good. I can take a week off and still be fine. Yeah, I really didn't care for Alex and some of the uh, some of his progression through this season either. Um, I think him him and Lindsay are sort of like two sides of the same coin. They're both obviously very talented, and they know that they're talented. And as far as Alex goes, he's gotten into it a little bit with some of his contestants, with his, especially with Mateus. The two of them had like a love hate relationship all throughout Mateus's tenure on the show. Um, and I thought that was a very unflattering light because yeah, there was a moment where you see the two of them talking about, oh, who can hit the highest note? Which I'm like, oh my God, it just made me roll my eyes to the back of my head because I just hate when people do this. It's so fucking annoying. It's like, you're both pretty. You're both pretty. Leave it alone. But yeah, so Alex definitely has a few diva-ish tendencies. And when Mateus uh, actually gets the chance to tell the judges that, or at least, no, actually it's Damien that tells the judges this because Dam- or, uh, Mateus actually ends up in the bottom three during that episode where he has like that little tiff with with alex and he's talking because the the critique for mateus the week prior from ryan was i need you to be more confident you you walk around here as this small guy and it's really really i want to write for the small guy that actually pulls all the ladies i want to write for that so i need you to show me that you can showcase that so mateus does his best to showcase that confidence and i guess the best way to do that is to get into a singing competition with alex um, which Damien witnesses. And so Damien is going to say, like, I feel like he has, he has been trying to be a little bit more confident. It's just that people will make comments to try and cut him down. And Mateus will call Alex out on it in front of Ryan Murphy, which is going to piss Alex off because he thinks that he's going to go home because he was being a bit of a bitch to Mateus. So, which I kind of wanted Alex to go home. At that point, I had already been watching a little bit of season three, so I knew he wasn't. But I was like, damn, like, I kind of wish that you did because I feel like you are being a bit of a diva. So, yeah, it, it was it was interesting watching this back again because it kind of, it kind of put me back into that mode of watching it for the first time and being like, ew, like, I don't like you. But then I remember, like, literally last year when I went to go see Alex Newell on Broadway and I literally saw him in the restaurant, the like, right after we got out of the theater and I stopped him and I said, Alex... I have been following you since the Glee Project, and I just want to let you know that I am so proud of you. I just think that your talent has improved so much over the years, and I just want to—I just want you to keep shining. So it was such an interesting, like, juxtaposition to like watch young 18-year-old Alex Newell being the diva that he was, into seeing him now as like this Broadway star now. Like, it's—it's it's insane. Yeah, I could not take uh, Mateus in that episode. I really could not take the crying when he starts breaking down. And like, I get that Alex and like, they were both being a diva to each other. They were just like, it's your fault. It's your fault. But then Mateus like breaking into tears and being like, stop putting this on me. It's like, you're like, he knew he, he must have known he was like probably going home because every uh, last chance performance that he had done to that point, I was literally like, I was just so confused as to why he was still there. Why Ryan Murphy was still allowing him to keep going because he really was not that 
great. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you disagree, but I, I did not enjoy him that much. I think his character was that he was the little guy and that, you know, that could have been a fun character to maybe write on Glee uh, if he had the talent, but he just didn't have the vocal abilities and it just wasn't worth it when you looked at uh, looked around at all the other talent that you had. So, you know, he ends up going out fifth uh, overall. So it's, you know, I, I don't happy. know. I would have much rather have seen Mateus continue in the competition than Cameron, considering what Cameron does. You know what I mean? I just felt like Mateus was so much more compelling than Cameron was. Yes, he's a bit messy, but like, I like that. Like, I want to see that. I want to see how he can hone all of that bullshit into to a character for Glee. Like, Mateus on Glee, like, I would have I would have been all about that. So, yeah, I don't know. I, it's I guess... just like they that I feel like the character that he would have played is that you know a, a small child that's in high school that is i mean that's i mean obviously cuz that's he is a small person um and that would have been like a jokey character and i feel like i've said this before in the same way that like they go to certain people for the laughs and they already have those spots filled. They already have Brittany. They already have Becky. Uh, they had Lauren. Like there are people that already take all the laugh, all the laughter that take the jokey lines. And I don't know that they needed another character on top of that. Like this would have turned it into like a Nickelodeon show if they had gotten him on, I think. And uh, yeah, so I just, <laughs> I'm glad they went with, uh, you know, the, the top four that they did. I, I can't say enough good things about that. I, I obviously feel bad that Marissa didn't get to go as far as, as she uh, as far as she probably deserved but the top four is yeah just good. i'm not i don't know what the fuck that was about that just seemed like they just wanted to get rid of her because they just were bored but i don't yeah. get it i guess it's like i guess this was not the competition to sort of like coast by on like you can't coast because if literally if you don't catch ryan murphy's attention then you're out of here but i really felt like her last performance like her her last chance performance i felt like it was good i felt like and the fact that she changed one of the lyrics to to say Ryan Murphy's name, I thought that that was a nice little touch. She'd be like, hey, like, no, like, I want to be here. And the reason that you haven't seen me before is because I've been killing the competition. You know what I mean? Like, so I just, I, I don't know. I just felt like she really just got a shitty end of the stick. And, I'm and, and I was surprised. Um, I heard a story from a friend of mine that I was talking to as I was watching this and he was telling me about how like Ryan Murphy admitted like soon after this week, like I guess right after the elimination that she should have stayed and he was like, this was the wrong decision. She should not have be. She should not have been the one that went home. I guess Cameron uh, should have gone home that week, which obviously because he ends up quitting the very next elimination cycle. So, um, I mean, she was literally the homework assignment winner of that week. So, like, whoever the guest star, who was the guest star that week? It was uh, Max Lane. Adler. Oh. Uh, Dave Karofsky. Yeah. yeah. So Karofsky comes in and uh, I guess he's the one who assigned her the winner. But I mean, <laughs> which that was so funny to me because they're all sitting there wondering who it's going to be. Could you start off strong with Darren Chris? Then you get Adina Menzel. Then you get Dot Marie Jones. Then you get Harry Shoon Jr. Then you get Darren Chris another time. And then when Max Adler comes in. All these kids know him as is Dave Karofsky. So mm -hmm. I could just tend, I could see like there was like, oh, Karofsky, but I don't want to cheer for Karofsky because he's horrible and hasn't really been redeemed yet because we haven't seen season three. So this is really bad. Like, it's just funny to see him walk in and not get like the same reaction that the other kids or the other actors got. I just, that was hilarious. Yeah. See. And I mean, to continue running down the list, you also are going to end up with Mark Salling and Ashley Fink, Puck and Lauren, uh, Tina Cohen-Chang, Jenna Ushkowitz. 
uh, Artie, Kevin McHale, and then Ryan Murphy is the last final like guest mentor or whatever. So you have a pretty solid list of people that come in to, to be that guest spot. So poor Max Adler comes in and is really just the most underwhelming of the group. But yeah, back to just Marissa, you know, she was the homework assignment winner, which I do feel like the majority of the time that person is probably based on, you know, who the producer tells them to pick. Um, I don't know, maybe I'm you know, maybe that's not the truth uh, for this silly little part of each episode, but she obviously was she did a good job with that homework assignment being bulletproof and then goes on to face Alex and Cameron in the last chance performance and Cameron gets saved because of Ryan Murphy loving him. So, yeah, it's annoying. Very but, annoying. I mean, the the last chance performance is just also while, you know, while we're kind of in that area, I thought that that was a good way to go. I mean, it's like. What else would you have done to eliminate somebody? You put people in the bottom and it was interesting to see how different people reacted to being in the bottom when people like Alex ended up in the bottom more than once and they were like, how am I down here? Uh, You know, like when you get to see that person interact with Ryan and Ryan will grill them and be like, what what went wrong this week? Why do you feel that you are good enough to not be in the bottom? And how are you going to save yourself from being in the bottom? What are you going to show me or tell me that will help me write you a character on the show? Because that's the goal at the end of this thing. So watching him interact with them, like with him with Lindsay, um, you know, was rough to watch for her, but him with uh, Damien along the way of trying to create this character that of course, obviously by the end of this, we know that he has created. Um, it's that, that was a fun aspect just to to see that Ryan was able to dedicate the time to this and, you know, be there for each elimination cycle and have him be the one to say, I like you. I don't like you. Here's what you need to change if you want to be on my show. Yeah, I, I did like that. I did like the fact that he was instrumental um, in being there because he was in every single episode because it really made the it, it, it validated the project that much more because it could be very easy for them to make this show. I want to say elitist, but I, I don't think that's the right term that I'm trying to use. I just I just I just feel like it would be very easy to make these kids and these contestants feel like they ain't shit. And like they they, they could they could really make them feel like, oh, like you wanna you feel like you're you're good enough to like meet with Ryan Murphy, the Ryan Murphy, and you you feel like you're good enough to like work with actual actors that are on this show. But no, they went the route of like, welcome to this family. Like let us like help you um you know, get this shot. Like, we're here to help yeah. you. It's a competition, but we're here to advise you. Like, Nikki Anders, you know, she gave them real, honest, professional critiques about their vocals. Like, she helped them through it. Like, she she was a professional. And the same thing with Zach Woodley. Like, he would treat this as if it were they were on set or if it was, like, a Broadway stage. Like, no, bitch. Like, you guys are all, like, joking around right now, but I need for you guys to get this choreography down. And then the same thing with uh, Ryan Murphy. Like, he would let you know exactly what it was thinking. Like, I... I'm not liking you this week. Like I don't, I literally don't know. I look at you and I don't know how to write for you and you don't want that to happen. You need to inspire me. You need to give me something that is going to make me feel excited to write. And the fact that he brings in other, um, he brought in Ian Brennan, which really is the real creator of Glee. I mean, I love Ryan Murphy, but Ian Brennan was, he was the person that came up with the idea and he brought it to Ryan Murphy and Ryan Murphy said, yes. Um, so it was nice to see him as well. And to, to see, him, you know, also weigh in on the final four because they were really having a tough time with figuring out who should go home at that point. Um, and yeah, I just, I just liked that it was a very communicative and very, um, uh, they fostered a really good environment for the most part from the outside looking in. 
Yeah, I wanted to comment on the fact also that uh, all of the songs in this show are songs from the show. Uh, every song that, <laughs> that kind of got old a little bit. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I didn't even pick up on it really until like the third episode. I was like, oh, so they're really just only allowed to do songs that they already have the license to. That makes a lot of sense, but I didn't really think about it. Like they do every theme is based on a song that is like one of the main songs that they have done in the show. You know, Bad Romance gets covered and Firework and Need You Now and just scrolling down the list, uh, True Colors and, and Like a Virgin, they do all of these songs that are from the show and then all of the Last Chance performances as well. Like 95% of them are songs that they already did. There's a couple in there that I'm like, oh, I, I guess like Back to December when Hannah sings that, uh, they must have gotten the license to that even though they never ended up singing it. So um, there's a couple of them that are not actually ever on the main show, but you know, funny to hear them take uh, give their own take on these songs that were just covered by the actual Glee stars that obviously did a very good job with most of them so um that was something interesting and then for the uh for the last chance performances in the finale that they all got to pick their own song i thought that was nice because after an entire competition of being told what song to sing the fact that they all got to you know go out on a note that they had determined so that was cool yeah um i loved Lindsay's performance of gimme gimme thoroughly modern melody is millie <laughs> thoroughly modern millie is one of my favorite <laughs> musicals um and that's one of my favorite broadway contemporary songs i think that she really knocked it out of the park and i think if anything that song definitely probably had a lot to do with the fact that they were just like you know what just give it all to him give it all to him because you got you got uh damien being so cute up there singing beyond the sea sam is going to sing jolene which i thought was an interesting choice and then alex is going to you know bring it on home with dream girls again with the i am changing of it all and yeah i think that this they they really it was a really good show for me because obviously it it really it showcased real talent. It showcased how well they mo- moved. It showcased how well they sang. It showcased how well they acted. And then it also pandered to its audience in delivering of us so many like good pop and Broadway um, songs that I just I felt like it was a really sweet and cute show. I really liked it. I didn't like everybody on it, but I liked it. Although yeah. I really think they did fucking Bryce dirty. They did Bryce dirty. He was the first guy to go home, and they gave him what the fuck did they give him? They gave him uh, it was too high for him. Whatever the song was, I forget what it was. Oh, just the way you are. And I was like, you heard his voice. His he is not a tenor. Even Bruno Mars is not a tenor. Bruno Mars is closer to a damn counter tenor. And they gave him that song with his baritone ass voice. I was like, y'all wanted him to go home. That was the one thing like that in Marissa. I was like, yard, yard. This is some riggery, rigamore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the most part, I I was fine with the elimination results. I, I might have said that already, but like, I felt like you know a lot of people kind of fell into place where they sh- where they should have. Like, I liked Hannah just fine, and she had a great voice, but like, I couldn't really see what they were going to end up going with her. Like, she didn't have the most electric personality besides you know. Her, I mean, she she had a good voice. That was really that was really it. So. Yeah, um, that's I mean, that's really it, I guess, for my thoughts on the cast. I I definitely enjoyed them. How many years later watching them? This is a uh, nine years after the show was on. So they are all nine years older than 19, 20, 21. They're all uh, older than me, I guess. So that's uh, a fun fact, I guess. I don't know. But it was I'm glad I watched <laughs> it. I'm, I'm, I enjoyed it. I'm excited to watch season two. Uh, you would think that I would be spoiled, but I'm really not. I mean, I know, obviously, one person that gets on the show. But like in terms of like any other results, like I didn't know where anybody finished. Even watching this season, I knew that 
it must have been Sam and Joe that ended up winning because they were on the show for so much. But I also knew that Lindsay and Alex were, of course, also on Glee. So I didn't know how that was going to work. So I was able to watch for the most part unspoiled and I enjoyed it. I just have to I just have to say that like if I were like if I were Hannah or any of those kids that because they made them come back because in the finale, all of the kids, I guess they like sequestered them in hotels for the duration of the season or some shit. They all came back to perform in the last homework assignment and in the last music video with the top four. And then we're all suspecting one person is going to win that seven episode arc. And then he delivers all four of them guest spots on Glee. Like if I were sitting there, I would be so pissed. I'd be so pissed. Like, uh, especially if I were Hannah and I just missed out on that. Like, God damn. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's I hope she's well. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. Like Ryan easily could have cut it at where, whatever point he wanted to. The fact that we get to the final four and nobody goes home, and then we get to the final four again in the finale, and everybody ends up walking away a winner. Like if he wanted to, of course he could have had one winner. He could have had one winner, one runner up. He could have had a third place finisher, whatever he wanted. So obviously he felt there was something in all four of these people that he wanted to put on the show. And like unfortunately for Hannah, if that was the case for her or for anybody else down there, then they would have also gotten that but that did not seem to be the case no 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 but i mean i think i agree with you all in all i um i enjoyed the rewatch of i think this is my third time rewatching the glee project and i think it'll be my third time rewatching season two as well but um it just adds so much culture and you know texture to the tapestry of glee in general and uh you know, I, I think that it uh, it's nice to see, like, once again, some of these people that we've met on this show go ahead and do greater things. I mean, you already mentioned Alex, you know, going on. He's on Broadway. He's released music. And the same thing with Lindsay Pierce. She was pre-COVID. She was Alphaba on Broadway. So they are, you know, still kicking. I'm not really sure what Sam is doing, nor am I sure what Damien is doing. I don't know if they're still performing, but it's, it's interesting that the runner, runners-up seem to be uh, more, more successful, successful. than than the two winners yeah yeah i think damien is still making music i follow damien on instagram and i think i i've seen him put like info out about music before i'm not positive i don't know about samuel larson i know that samuel larson's on cameo for like 15 dollars, so that's uh that's a pretty cheap get if anybody wants a samuel larson cameo um which i guess doesn't really bode well for how he's doing in uh you know, if I don't know how many people are knocking at his door, if he's doing $15 cameos, but um, we'll get into a lot with Joe as you know, we get into season three and all that stuff. So I'm excited to visit these characters now that I know their backstory and know all of this stuff about them. And, uh, and yeah. Yes. All right. Well, yeah, like Matt said, we're going to be talking much more about um, Sam and, and Damien and Alex and Lindsay as they make their appearances in season three. Thank you guys. For listening to this very special episode of the choir room you can follow us at the choir room at choir room pod on twitter and also individually i'm at amon adwin matt is at matt Lagori. make sure that you're leaving us any star ratings and reviews this episode should be dropping before we release anything from season three so unless there's anything else matt i believe we will see you guys in season three